and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, we have three very exciting guests, two from here in James City County and one all the way from Ohio, which is pretty cool. It's not every day we have someone from Ohio in our podcast. So let me get started and introduce everyone. First, we have Kate Sipes. Kate is the Assistant Director of James City County's Economic Development. Welcome, Kate. Thank you, Renee. We are also joined by Cassie Cordova. Cassie is the sustainable, that that is a mouthful, sustainability (laughs) coordinator for James City County. Welcome, Cassie. Hello, welcome. And finally, we have Jim Nordmeyer. Jim is the one from Ohio, so greetings. And Jim is the vice president of global sustainability for OI Class. Welcome, Jim. Hey, good morning, Renee. Happy to be here. Great. Well, thank you all so much. And especially thank you for your patience, because this is the second try we've done of this. This is a very informal podcast and we're just going to, you know, we're back now to where we have to be separate and not in person. And we're just going to do our best as we plug through this. The great news is we're here today to talk about a very new, exciting partnership between James City County and OI Glass. And it It's not something that just happened overnight. It has been in the works for a while, and we are now getting ready to see the results of this partnership. So let's get started. Kate, would you like to talk about it? Yeah, thanks. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with Owens, Illinois, OI Glass um, several times. They're very gracious hosts to to, uh, our high school students every year as they tour manufacturing facilities and learn about manufacturing careers. So um, I was pleased to be invited to an event there in 2018, where they were the recipients of a national award from Keep America Beautiful. And Jim was the presenter there and spoke a lot about the opportunities to use recycled glass in their manufacturing projects and process, and that they could use more of a supply of recycled glass, which kind of got me thinking. Um, And since then, we have been working internally to try to um, source some of our local glass to our Toano facility. So that's the brief summary of it. And it's um, harder than it sounds. And it took a little while longer than we hoped. But we did have a pandemic in the middle of all that process. So we're going to we're going to say we did pretty okay. Um, and it involves us um, being able to separate our glass here in the county at the household level, asking residents who are willing to participate to take their separated glass to our convenience centers. We have dedicated bins coming um, that will be in place by the end of next week. And they, those will be glass only bins. And then that glass will be taken to OI. So we have um, lots of steps along the way. And Jim is the expert on Uh, where that glass goes from collection into being turned back into a new glass container. But our part is to um, keep the glass separate in the households and, uh, and make sure it gets delivered to OI glass here in Toino. Yeah, Kate, you're taking me down memory lane uh, Mm -hmm. with that explanation, uh, you know, way back to 2018, it seems like eons ago, but uh, in very, very recent history. And, and at that time, OI, Yes, we were being recognized by Keep America Beautiful, and we were doing a a U.S. roadshow around our facilities to understand the recycling landscape. And I I recall the visit there to Tuano, and 
and, and the group that we had, we took them on a tour of the facility. We talked about the needs of the facility and really talked about the fact that not a lot of the recycled glass that the facility used came from the state of Virginia. It came from elsewhere, right? It came from Pennsylvania. It came from North Carolina. It came from as far away as Michigan. So uh, a guy from Ohio saying Michigan might be a little <clears throat> controversial, but okay. We usually refer to it as that place up north. Uh, but uh you know, we began that conversation, you know, and I, I remember, Kate, you reaching out to us and talking about, hey, we've got this idea, um, you know, some things have changed in our waste hauling and collection in the county, and we believe that there's an opportunity here. And, and we started talking and they said, perfect, that's right in line with one of our sustainability goals of being engaged with the community and supporting the community and recycling. And, you know, there was a lot of backwards and forwards. And, you know, we had conversations with CERDIC, the Southeast Recycling Development Council. Maybe I was wearing two hats at the time, one for OI and one for that, uh, for CERDIC, since I'm a member of the board. But, you know, during those conversations, we start to gel a plan. And, and like you said, it took a while. It took a while. And then that pandemic thing hit in 2020. But also with the pandemic comes bright ideas, I believe. And it was something that we were kicking around. How do we jumpstart? How do we, OI, jumpstart some of our sustainability efforts? Because we accelerated our ambitions in 2020 um, and resulting in further announcements in 2021. And uh, that, that really jumpstarted the effort with, um, you know, OI, partnering with James City County, uh, helping with a, a financial grant on some equipment uh, to start what we call a Glass for Good program. And Tuano is, is the pilot. Tuano is the first uh, where it came together. The idea, all the pieces fell into place. In fact, you know, Glass for Good simply described as we started our plants and we are looking at collecting the glass in our communities uh, around the facilities of which we operate and we continue to expand out. In the exchange for that glass, you know, we make it easy. We don't ask the city or the municipality to build a lot of infrastructure. We say, you get it collected, you bring it to us, we'll take care of it from there. And in return, we make a financial donation to a charitable cause in that community. So we turn tons of recycled material into dollars for good. Could be education, could be the local food bank, could be uh, library, you know, things that could be the local baseball team or the little league team. It's really up to the community, but also it's, you know, doing that, um, I think really accelerated the, if I, if I may, accelerated the implementation timeline. Because I know, Kate, I believe you and Cassie and others were, were trying to get find some money in the county budget to do some things. And we short-circuited that by saying, ha, huh, I have a pad at our plant. I have a bunker at our plant. Just bring me the glass and I'll take care of it. So That's it turns great. out to be 
a great, great partnership. And it has become, you know, the framework. What we've done in James City County has become a framework that we're using in other communities. You know, we've actually already spun up a program in Danville, Virginia, um, just down the road. And we're, we're talking uh, to folks in North Carolina, Colorado, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh, this thing has gotten a lot of excitement and it all started right here in James City County. And that's very exciting for us. I know you have, remind me, is it 17 locations across the continental US? Uh, 17 across the U.S. and Canada. So 15 in the U.S., two in, in Canada. So, so um, we're fortunate for your presence in our community since 1980 and, and for the opportunity to sort of um, start a new chapter and, and use um, the glass from our area to, to keep feeding the furnaces that create new glass. Um, we also have, you know, other industries, um, the Williamsburg Winery and Anheuser-Busch location and, you know, they're creating product. We have some craft breweries. They're creating the product that fills the glass. The restaurants in the tourism industry are happy to serve that product in that glass container to their guests and their customers. And so keeping that empty glass container and getting it back into making a new one right here locally just seems to make a lot of sense. Um, so we're thrilled to be part of that. I don't know that everyone understands exactly the process. Maybe if we spend a minute talking about um, the life cycle of a glass container for lack of maybe a better um, title. Um, that's a great idea, Kate. Yeah, so, sure. You know, that's uh, <clears throat> something, you know, people at OI love to talk about. Um, we have one product. It's a glass container. We love glass. And it is, glass is one of those materials that are infinitely recyclable. It doesn't need to be supplemented with virgin raw materials. All we need to do is get it back, remelt it, reform it. So if I think about the life cycle of a glass container, uh, we'll start perhaps at the beginning. You know, we take sand, soda ash, limestone, and recycled glass. We put them in a, a furnace. We heat them up. Uh, we heat it up into a melt. That melt then gets formed into the individual glass container. Could be a pasta sauce jar, could be a spirits bottle, a wine bottle, a beer bottle, any number of, of containers. And there in, in, in Tuano, we make, uh, you know, we make product for the craft brewing industry. We make product for the wine industry. We make product for the spirits industry. So it's one of those all-purpose plants. Uh, back in 1980, it was strictly a beer plant supplying that small brewer just down the road. Uh, but now it has become a, a multi-purpose plant supplying a, a, a number of different categories. But then, you know, those products typically go to local fillers. When I say local, probably within a 500 mile radius, gets filled, distributed onto store shelves. You and I buy it. We consume it. We put it in the recycling bin. Others will take that, you know, take those recycled materials and sort out, you know, the paper from the plastic, from the aluminum or the steel uh, and the glass. And we do some additional processing. Actually, it's a third party that does some additional processing to remove some of the contaminants because we only want the glass component. A little paper is okay. 
but we don't want any metal. We don't want any aluminum. We want to reduce the amount of organics, but that comes back color sorted into a brown or a clear or a green. Uh, comes back to us color sorted. We put that right back into the furnace and form a new container. And that cycle typically takes about 30 days. So go from the store shelf back to the store shelf as another container um, in as little as 30 days. So it's a, you know, if you want to talk about a, a packaging product that embodies the concepts of a circular economy and an economy that's very local, glass is your product, so. So with the new plan of having a designated place for people to put their glass containers, what is the purpose of that compared to, I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's slow down on that. Cassie, can you talk for a few minutes about how this is going to work in James City County? So we know that a glass, 30 days, that's amazing. I had no idea. So how are we then going to help that process happen? Okay, so just to touch base on what Jim mentioned, currently James City County has a, a single stream recycling process or commingled. So what that means is we collect the glass, paper, aluminum, tin, plastic all together. And it is sent to a processing facility where through different conveyor belts, magnets, weights, everything is sorted. And then once it's in its individual products, those products are then sold to manufacturers who can then reuse them. Um, unfortunately, this process, when glass is involved in this process, there's a couple of problems because the, the first problem is glass is quite heavy um, and it's breakable. So when glass is being collected, either curbside or from being dropped off, it's going to break. And once it's broken and once it enter, enters into that processing facility, it breaks and it gets contaminated into the other products. And also it can damage the machines themselves, the belts. Um, so to remove the glass, from that process is going to solve a few of those problems. Um, and in order for the glass, like Jim mentioned, it's gonna be infinitely recyclable. So other products like plastic and paper eventually degrade over the recycling process, but glass we can continue to recycle over and over again. And another sustainability aspect is because of the weight of glass, the further it's being transported by collection to processing, the more emissions you're going to you know, produce because glass is heavy, you've got to move that glass on trucks. So for this project, by keeping the glass separated, you're eliminating the, the problems in the recycling facility. And then you're also reducing the emissions from transporting, like Jim said, bringing glass in from Michigan, well, why would we be doing that if we have all this glass right here? So those are two of the benefits of the program. So currently, how the program is going to work, we have three purple bins that are going to be located at the different convenience centers in James City County. We have Toronto, 
um, Tuning Road and Jelly Pond. And we will ask the residents to keep their glass separate from their other materials, bring it to the convenience centers and deposit them to the purple bins. Once those bins are full, James City County will transport the bins to the OI facility where they will store it in their bunker and then continue on the process that Jim mentioned. Um, so this doesn't add any extra cost for the county because we are already, we already have the convenience centers in place. We're already collecting the materials and we're already transporting them to other facilities to be processed. So um, we're going to have the sustainability benefits, but also, as Jim mentioned, we'll be contributing to this circular economy or closed looped system. So it's very exciting and I'm happy to have, although joined the project later, um, I'm really happy to see that it's getting started. Now, yeah, if, I, oh. if I can jump in, Renee, uh, yes. Cassie's comments uh, and, and what she described is, you know, when it is in a commingled stream, there's many myths in the market. And one of those myths is, is glass. There's no value. Glass is trash. Well, glass is never trash. And, and really, you know, one of the things James City County is doing here, and, and I really hope that the residents do participate and participate at a high rate because you know getting that material out of the single stream actually benefits many materials, right? You know, it's like if I may, perhaps single stream, while it had good intentions when first introduced in the 1990s across the US, uh, there was unintended consequences. It actually contaminated everyone's recycle stream contaminated glass, it contaminated aluminum, plastic, steel, and especially paper. And even it's not perfect. And there's a lot of technology goes into these sorting facilities that Cassie mentioned uh, to basically unscramble the egg. And by taking the glass component out, A, glass is never trash. It does uh, create value. And that's why we monetize it in a donation back uh, to the community. Uh, also, you know, whereas glass coming from one of those recovery facilities often is highly contaminated because the, one of the first steps they do is run it across the two inch screen. So anything less than two inches in diameter or in size actually goes with the glass. And you end up with toothbrushes, bottle caps, shredded pieces of paper, you end up with a stream that is 25 to 35% non-glass. And that actually becomes someone else's trash bill. That becomes material that's not recovered, that could be recovered if we thought about how we recycle all materials, not just glass. But James City County's taking that first step, getting it out of that stream into a stream that has value into a stream that embodies the principles of a circular uh, economy. And again, back to that store shelf in as little as 30 days. And, and in the meantime, significantly not only impact the you know, greenhouse gas emissions from transportation, for us using recycled content is one of the largest levers that we can pull to reduce our own 
greenhouse gas emissions during the manufacturing process. So the more we can get, the less greenhouse gas will be coming from our facilities. Well, so win-win for everyone. I would, and if I could follow up on the win-win, what struck me as, as we started to sort of research, not only the process, but what, what maybe changing the process might involve, there are a lot of times winners and losers anytime you make a change. And what struck me about this as, as I looked into it um, is that I, I don't know that there's a loser exactly. The facilities that currently receive the glass um, acknowledge the wear and tear on their machines, acknowledge the difficulty in separating it. And because of the difficulty in separating it, the glass that they do recover fetches a lower price because of the inability to really clear those contaminants out of it. So therefore, they're left with a pile of glass that they're trying desperately to get into a recycling stream, but there's, what you keep hearing is there's not a market for recycled glass. There is a market for recycled glass, but it's for recycled glass, not for a pile of recyclables all mixed together that has a bunch of glass in it. So the more pure you can get that pile of glass, the better the market for it. So it seems to sort of answer that question of, we would take glass, but we don't have anybody who wants it from us. As it turns out, there is an industry that wants it. They just don't want it filled with plastic bottle caps and shredded paper and random string of springs and you know all this other material. They want actual glass. So no fault of the processor who's trying to unscramble the egg. It's a very difficult thing to do. No fault of the industry that's looking for the product that they need and not other people's waste mixed in with it. It was just kind of one of those things that was sort of baked into this recycling stream. So by separating it out, you know, everybody along the path kind of um, gets more of what they need and less of what they don't, I guess, which is the benefit. Um, certainly, you know, our hauling costs and part of our recycling costs as a county is kind of getting our recycled material to the market and comparing those costs with what we're able to get for the material. So glass being the heaviest product it was costing us handsomely to transport it to a processing facility. And that facility in turn could not fetch a handsome price for it because it was all mixed in with everything else. So um, reducing our transportation costs and separating the material before it gets contaminated with others and therefore making it um, worth more to the industry who needs it is, a, is just a win-win for everybody. I, I really struggled to find you know, any kind of part of the process. The one thing we are asking residents to do is to separate it um, from their curbside and, um, and bring it to us separately so that we can ensure that it's not mixed in and that we maintain the integrity of that supply. And then of course, from the economic development side, we're not often involved in recycling projects because Cassie and Grace and that team have that completely under control. But this gave us an opportunity to help an existing industry that's been in the community for a long time with a supply chain, um, getting the product that they need to continue making, or getting the raw material, I guess I should say, to continue making their product. Um, and as long as they're able to get their hands on, you know, the raw material, then, you know, they just remain an active and, and healthy part of our community for a long time. So that's kind of 
where economic development fit into this to start with, which is an unusual partnership, maybe, um, but in this case, made some sense. Uh, absolutely makes a lot of sense, Kate. And, and uh, we're starting small. As I say, we start within the community we operate and, and we'll continue to expand out. And in fact, we're already talking to several neighboring counties uh, about bringing their material to, to the facility as well, or figuring out a way to you know, at least get it back to where it needs to be. Uh, so this is already taking off around James City County with other interested parties. Um, and again, the appeal to the residents, separate it from the curbside, bring it to us. And then, you know, the fact that it's going to be back on the shelf in 30 days, I think is a pretty compelling story and, and also compelling of what you do benefits the community, right? It's going to benefit the community and for those who may be underserved or for those who need some help in these tough times and there's tough times every day. So there's an opportunity to, to really benefit the community here. And we've seen similar programs around the country, if I may, you know, uh, we can talk in Northern Virginia when in Fairfax County, Arlington, city of Alexandria, where you know the waste hauler dropped glass uh, in the city themselves, you know, spun it up uh, a drop-off system, and it's, it's quite successful. And we're remotely involved in that one uh, through a more of a, a commercial arrangement. And but it's similar in in the greater Metro Pittsburgh area. Very similar programs where over time we've seen increasing resident participation rate. Right? Um, and you know that that glass stream, we recover 98% of it and use 98% of it versus that other stream that comes from a MRF, we can only recover like 60% of that. So um, actually less material goes a longer way. After a while, there's a tipping point. So residents of James City County, if I have one request, um, bring your, your glass containers to the drop-off centers. Well, and thank you so much for that, Jim. Cassie, I'm going to then continue with what Jim was saying. As a James City County recycling customer, I've got my bin that I roll out, you know, every two weeks. And we right now just throw everything in. So how will this affect my household? So do are we required to separate the glass? Is this an optional program at the beginning? Give us some of those nuts and bolts. So currently, James City County does offer a curbside recycling program that is an optional program. It's a fee-based program. Um, about 13,000 residents participate in that. And as Jim mentioned, up in Northern Virginia, once they started their glass program, they no longer allowed residents to put glass in their curbside recycling. We are not going to initially do that. Um, so any curbside resident is still welcome to put their glass in their curbside bin. However, um, you know, as, we, as we've previously discussed, there are some drawbacks to that. So we would definitely encourage anybody who can to keep their glass separate and bring it to the convenience center. And then there are other residents who don't participate in the curbside recycling program who bring their recycling to the convenience center 
for free drop off. So we would encourage those residents um, to obviously keep their glass separate and bring it to the recycling to the convenience centers as they already do. Okay. And we will at the end of this and in the show notes, I'll have all the convenience center information where they are, their hours and everything. It's very, very convenient. <laughs> so when we get to the convenience center, there's going to be a special bin, right? For this glass. Let's talk about the bin because this has been quite the production of getting this bin. Who wants to talk about that? Well, I'll talk a little bit about, um, obviously, if you're going to keep glass separate, you need a place to put it. Anyone who's a customer of our uh, convenience centers knows when you drive up with your car, there are multiple bins, you know, and you're separating essentially all of the recyclables in your car into the appropriate receptacle. Um, So we're adding a glass only receptacle and to make it evident which one that is, it's very bright purple, um, looks um, immediately very different from any of the other bins that are out there. Um, That's part marketing. It'll definitely get your attention and make you aware that there's a change at the convenience center. Also, um, we didn't invent that. I mean, that's been a program, the purple uh, bin has been a program that other communities initiated Um, we decided there was no reason to reinvent that wheel. And we have, um, because of the military and because of our lovely community, many people that move here from other parts of the state and the country. And if they're familiar with Purple Bin program, there is no reason to sort of change that up. We'll keep their habits. And so for consistency's sake, we decided to sort of just keep that. Um, We have... um, spoken with Fairfax County a little bit uh, to try to figure out if they could do it differently or what, you know, sort of best practices we could uh, borrow from them. Um, They have a slogan that's called we're crushing it and they, and we are going to adopt that as well. So we have the purple bin color and, and sort of the we're crushing it campaign that we're going to um, work alongside of glass for good with OI glass. And so you will obviously at the convenience center see a very specific and you know uh, obvious place where your glass only recycling should be deposited. Well, and I think that all of us over the last month or so have learned a lot about the creation of said container that I, I, I knew nothing about. I just figured that these big steel containers just showed up. They do not. There's a long process for that too. So when does this start? I'm excited. I want to start separating my glass right away. When can I start going to the convenience centers to drop off my glass? We have accepted the the new purple bins. We have them in our possession. Um, And we will start um, taking them and making room for them at the convenience centers uh, between now and the end of next week. So um, I would say post-Labor Day. Okay. For sure, we will have a, a container. I, you know, they're not all going to show up at the three locations simultaneously, so I'm not exactly sure what the logistics are. Um, but I know that by the time that Labor Day weekend gets here, that they will all be in place. We are working on signage right now that explains what is and is not accepted, and I'll toss that to Jim uh, before we leave today, so that we can talk a little bit about um, the glass that's useful in this process and the different kinds of glass. But we're working on that signage. And um, part of the uncertainty now is knowing exactly when that signage is going to be 
complete and whether we're going to be waiting to get that on the bins or if we're just going to put them in place and, you know, and kind of continue to add the explanation as we go. So that's kind of where we are, but we are, we are working on the messaging to make it as easy as possible for our customers. Yeah, Kate, that's fantastic that they could be in place for the Labor Day weekend, you know, the end of summer. Again, everyone, save your glass. There, there's a solution coming, right? And, you know, bring it to the convenience centers and place it in the purple bin. Uh, because, uh, look, as soon as we get 20, 25 tons, uh, we're, we're going to do the additional processing and bring it right back to Toano to be uh, turned into a, another container. So, you know, I'd like to be able to say that in October, that glass that you used on Labor Day is back on the shelf. Please make another purchase. Uh, <clears throat> and, and of course, I mean, they can start collecting or, or you know, put a little box or whatever hopefully in the corner of the garage or somewhere, you know, collect your glass today uh, and bring it. You don't have to wait for the program to start. I think Kate's been collecting her glass in her garage for the last two or three years in anticipation of this program. So I'm sure there's not space for her car now. It started in earnest last summer, but yeah, okay, okay. I've, I've, uh, I've acquired quite the collection. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, <clears throat> so perhaps that's a, a, a video, Renee, for for the podcast, uh, Kate making the first uh, <laughs> uh, deposit into the new bins here. So Dragging all of my glass. <laughs> yes, yes, dragging all her glass. Got her little red wagon and here's <laughs> Or the whole back of the minivan, just over <laughs> All right. Um, well, Renee, you, you have a pick, you have one of our bags. We did get some purple bags. We're gonna be distributing so people can collect their glass in those bags. Yep, they're very, very nice. That's a sharp looking bag. Isn't it? Yes. Well, that is great. So any final thoughts, last words on this when we're expecting to start collecting your glass right away and containers should be in place soon after Labor Day at all the convenience centers. And this is just such a great, great program. So any final thoughts on it? I, I do want to hit a little bit on, sorry, Cassie, I just wanted to hit a little bit on the, on glass um, that gets used in the process at Tuano. Um, it's, you know, glass is not glass. So we're talking about glass containers, food um, items, um, you know, the old windshield that came out of your car is different. Um, that cannot be used in this program. I'll, I'll turn that over to the experts. Yeah, sure, Kate, thank you. And yes, any glass container, not to get technical, any soda line glass container and all, all food and beverage containers manufactured globally are of that composition and would be acceptable in this program. We often get a question, are drinking glasses you know, such as a glass like this, is that acceptable in the program? The answer is yes, right? You know, you, we can take, if someone breaks a glass at their home and they wanna you know, put that in their box to bring to the recycling bin, we'll be happy to accept it. That is of, of similar composition and can be um, recycled. Things like window glass or windshield glass, as Kate mentioned, uh, there are other processes occur in the manufacturer that, that 
doesn't make it um, easily recycled with soda lime glass. It can be done, but uh, you have to do some special processing to do it. So we'd prefer not to have that in this bin. And the other one that we also get questions about is mirrors. And uh, mirrors are not acceptable either because of the silver coating that they have on it. It's uh, that silver coating uh, causes some issues in our process. So we, we would be able to accept mirrors, but any food or beverage container made from glass, um, happy to accept in the program. And I think those um, may get recycled and on our, our large collection days, or if you take it to Jolly Pond, they can get that recycled appropriately. It's just not a purple bin glass. So, um, and then the other question we often get are um, sort of dishes, you know, ceramic or pottery or broken dishes, not yeah. the same as glass, right? Yeah, yeah, very, very good ad there, Kate. Yes, a ceramic uh, dinnerware, cups, coffee mugs. Um, please, please don't bring those. Actually, the technology that we use to sort can identify that and sort it out of the stream. But ceramic uh, mugs, dinnerware are, they don't melt. They don't melt in our furnaces and cause a, a defect in the formation of the glass. Um, so we, we need to, to keep them out. And, and actually the process that we do for color sorting, we also look for non-glass material like ceramics and we sort those out as well. So if, if one happens to get in there, it's not the end of the world, but we wouldn't want anyone, you know, taking their grandmother's china and dumping it in the purple bin, so. Yeah, it, it will not get used for the intended purpose. So for that, from that perspective, it's best to, to uh, dispose of that differently. Yes. Um, the other question sometimes, Jim, is lids, labels. Is there, what preparation do you need? I mean, I've just been rinsing mine out so that they don't, you know, give anybody a contact buzz in the garage. Um, yeah, sure. But, um, and also I just, you know, I, like to just, it just kind of creeps me out to not rinse it. But I, in terms of the requirements from you all. Yeah, so, so lids on, lids off, doesn't matter um, because during the sorting process, any aluminum or steel lids will, will be um, rejected or, or filtered out through magnets or eddy current type of process. Paper labels, plastic labels, not an issue. Some of those come off through just the handling and the abrasion, but if there's a little bit left on a piece of glass, um, it actually will be burnt when it uh, is it reintroduced back into the furnace and doesn't cause an issue on the quality of the glass. So no need to remove the labels. We typically advise rinsing them. It's for hygiene and, and pests, basically. If you leave residual you know, foodstuffs and the thing you attract pests and uh, either as you store it in your garage or wherever you store it or in the collection area. So to, to reduce the, you know, the amount of uh, pests that might be attracted, uh, we suggest that you rinse your containers. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world. Again, most of that will come off in the, in the, uh, 
subsequent sorting process. Um, or if it's still stuck on a piece of glass, it's gonna burn when it hits our furnace. All right. You empty the containers first. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. As yeah, you. But I think um, there were a couple of things also that we should mention. We, we mentioned the ceramics, but I think porcelain is another one that's not acceptable. Um, light bulbs, fluorescent light bulbs, any type of light bulbs, and Pyrex. That's correct. Very good ads again, Cassie. Um, you've done your homework, apparently. The yeah, porcelain is very similar to ceramic. So again, you know, whether it's your grandmother's china or other some porcelain article, um, it would not be end up in for its intended purpose. Fluorescent bulbs, light bulbs, uh, LED bulbs, um, you know, the glass off of your your phone, um, Pyrex or ovenware, uh, they all have a, a higher melting point than the soda lime glass. So it just doesn't melt out in our furnace and then causes a defect. And in some cases, um, yeah, you know, if the piece is large enough, it actually damages some of our equipment. So we're, we're very sensitive to those. All right. Well, I want to thank all three of you for joining us on this Zoom podcast. And this is a great, great program. I know that the county, we're going to have a lot more information that's going to come out about the program. Start looking for those purple bins or those purple dumpsters and also just start saving that glass anything that you there's been food or drink all of that can be recycled and reintroduced in 30 days which is amazing so once again thank you all so much for participating thank well, you Renee. thank you well that wraps up this episode of this week in james city county thank you so much for tuning in as always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe. That way you will be sure to never miss an episode. While you're there, we also have a form. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And you can give us show ideas, feedback. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you soon.